I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms, but in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM, and it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content, and we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you, uh, Andrew Nelson. Good morning. How's your day? How's your movie life? What you got going on? Um, it's it's okay. Uh, it's been a, a busy uh, busy week at work, and so uh, every time I try w- watching something, I end up falling asleep within fifteen minutes. So I haven't been yeah. able to get through anything. <laughs> one of those weeks. One nope. of those weeks. I've been the I've been. And it, it doesn't help that I'm pushing through the seventy uh, version seventies version of The Great Gatsby with Robert Redford, which. It's a little slow. To oh, get it's a slow one. Yeah. So working on that, and it's uh, it's it's good for sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um. That, well, I, I I've got uh, I it's big big plans this weekend. Oh. You know, because it's Deadpool weekend. Mm, Deadpool weekend. Yeah. Are you gonna get out and see it? I will be in a tent all weekend. So the answer is no. Oh. I was going to say, but will you be seeing Deadpool there? <laughs> I will do my best. I don't know if I can uh, get a print, but I'll try. 
<laughs> tent print. The I don't tent know. He's print. been he's been pretty generous uh, uh, about it. The, the promotion they've just I don't know I, I don't know the promotion of this movie is fantastic. It's just fantastic. Every time I turn around, they've done some other bit of nonsense, and it's just great. I just watched a clip on YouTube of uh, Deadpool taking over Stephen Colbert's monologue, like just oh, doing yeah. the monologue. It was it was very funny. It's very charming. Uh, they did a music video from Celine Dion. She apparently has a song in the movie, and Deadpool comes out in in like five inch stiletto heels and does an amazing dance, like modern interpretive dance to Celine Dion. Uh, and uh, it's a fantastic thing to search for. It's Based just... on the posters um, and yeah. the advertising that they've been doing, uh, I'm not surprised because, I mean, they've, you know, and even in the first one, they were playing around with this, like the yeah. the romantic love advertising billboards from the first one. This one, the poster of him posed like... Oh, uh, the whole flash dance The thing flash dance uh, poster, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's they're very much um, playing with the kind of the stereotypes of of genre and just uh you know having a lot of fun with it which fits with does, the yeah does that excite you oh absolutely i'm thrilled by all of this stuff i think it's hilarious and it makes me more excited i just haven't had a chance to really check anything out i missed the celine dion video so we have to watch that oh it's great it's just great uh so i'm i'm very excited about uh about it this weekend and um uh yeah there you go that's well, if I, I get That's back I in time, maybe I'll sneak out and go see it on Sunday afternoon, but we'll see how I'm doing. There was a great uh, episode of the Imaginary Worlds podcast uh, just, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago. It was called Jack Kirby's Marvels, and it was all about uh, the role that Jack Kirby had in you know the creation of all these characters, and particularly in Stan Lee's success. And I was riveted by this episode. If you don't know the background of uh, of Jack Kirby, because you see Jack Kirby's name all over the place, but you just don't hear very much about him. It's it was it was really illuminating. I have never heard of that guy's uh, the details of the guy's life, and uh, Stanley has so eclipsed uh, his sort of um, I, I don't know cinematic uh, with his cinematic participation here in the MCU. He's so eclipsed. Uh, Kirby's well, let's be honest. I mean, he's life. been eclipsing it since the beginning because even yeah. even in the beginning, Stan Lee was kind of the narrator in the old you know Spider Man comics and stuff right. like that. Uh, you know, was, stay tuned, web slingers. Yeah, right, you know, right, and, right. And he was always you know kind of the voice. I mean, I grew up recognizing Stan Lee. The voice Jack of Kirby Stan is Lee. one of those. Yeah, he, he, Jack Kirby is one of those names that I see paired with Stan, Stan Lee and other people, but I've I've never really known much about him. It's a great episode, and it talks all about uh, his work and, you know, cre- all of the different characters that he's created for both Marvel and DC and all the spinoff companies. I mean, it's just, it's really illuminating. I we need highly a Kirby recommend Lee it. biopic. They, they, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they totally do. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, anyhow, totally worth it. Imaginary Worlds, put the link in the show notes. I will. Cool. I will actually put the link in the show notes right now. Um, I like that. It's like live happening. It's like it is. It's happening right this second. Okay, you want to do trailers? You got any other news? I don't. I don't. I will say, Infinity War is doing quite well. If that's oh, tell me about any, that. If that's any surprising news, how how well is it doing? I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't know if it's that surprising, but yeah, Avengers: Infinity War uh, is doing really well for itself. 
You know, I, mean, I think I think already uh, the box office is like one point, almost one point seven billion. That's <laughs> so, so much money in a row. Oh my god, that is all yeah. the money, Andy. <laughs> yeah. All the money is right there right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what that looks like. like I'm trying to remember how much it. money Walter White had in that locker. I yeah, know it wasn't in the that trailer? much, but no. Uh, or in the, it was uh, a lot, the sh- though. Yeah, yeah this it was amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, dare to dream. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go first, uh, unless you have a red band. I don't remember. I do not. Nor do uh, I have an A24. Okay. Well, my trailer, Andy. Oh, my goodness. This is one of those movies that I didn't know that I was looking forward to as much as I was looking forward to it until I saw this. It's actually the teaser. It's a teaser for Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, starring uh, Remy Malek. And Andy, is is he amazing, amazing <laughs> in this movie? Like, this, he was born to play this character. Born to do it. Uh, and so, it, it, Rami Malek plays Freddie Mercury, uh, but they have a, an amazing cast of, uh, of other folks who, who join, the, uh, join the club here, uh, including, weirdly, uh, uncredited, or or at least uh, no character name, Mike Myers is in here somewhere. Uh, but I don't know who he's playing. Anyway. Mike Myers is playing Remy Malik playing Freddie Mercury. <laughs> the whole thing is actually... And, and he's actually, just playing... He's playing his teeth. He's playing his teeth, which are actually being played by Sasha Baron Cohen, playing Mike Myers, <laughs> playing Remy Malik's teeth. Uh, I, I, I was just blown away... Uh, by uh, the look and feel of this character, by the voice, he's doing the sing, he's doing the singing, uh, the Freddie Mercury uh, singing, uh, and lip syncing. Right. He's not lip syncing, is he? He's lip syncing. I think it's he a lip synced film. I saw the whole thing, and he said uh, he said he had to he had to endure Queen watching him sing Freddie Mercury. Hmm. I'm not sure you're right. You might be, but I'm not sure. And this may be a. a, a I I don't know. I don't know if I misunderstood what he... But this is Rami Malek talking. Well, do I don't know, about? because in the trailer, the trailer that you uh, that you picked, yeah. it's definitely Queen. We're not hearing... I mean, I it's just clearly Freddie Mercury singing. So I guess... I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait to see the film. Uh, Rami Malek had to watch Queen listen to him sing... Uh, there it is. Is it Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, um, I uh, I can't find it right now, and it's a YouTube video. It's like ten minutes long, so I'd have to track that down. But you're, I mean, you're right. It the promo material is all Queen stuff, but I think I think he's singing. I think he's huh. singing. Well, that'll be yeah. exciting to see. So, uh, I think it looks really, really great. I think it looks like. Uh, I, I don't know. Just the teaser. It looks like the kind of movie that I want to see out of Queen's music. I think it's it looks really really great. And he just uh, you know I hope I'm not getting overexcited because he so deeply looks the part. Because uh, I have been known to get excited about those kinds of things. So what happened to Sasha Baron Cohen? Because when that when I heard for, first heard about this film, I thought I had heard his name attached. Yeah, and talk about another uh, amazing, uh, you know, that that would have been another another amazing transformation because he also really looks the part. Uh, But I I don't know. Um, Sasha, Baron, let's do some live searching here. Cohen, uh, 
Freddie Mercury. He left the project due to creative differences. Allegedly, he wished to produce an adult-oriented film while the band wanted to take a more family-friendly approach. So he left on good terms. Yeah. Yeah. What that could, means? I, could, I don't know. An adult-oriented film. A little darker tale, I guess. Or just straight-up porn. <laughs> well, what's interesting is uh, the film ended up getting directed by Brian Singer, kind of. And this is this is where I'm curious to see how the whole thing plays out, because Brian Singer was directing it. And then after Thanksgiving, yeah, this Dexter year, Fletcher, he, he didn't come back to direct it. Um and there he did like he didn't return to set and everyone's like what the heck is going on he said it was or the reports were it was a personal matter a health matter concerning him and his family but a lot of sources say that he and uh rami malik uh were getting tired of brian singer's behavior showing up late to set clashing with malik on set and then shortly after that he was fired as the director with about two weeks remaining in the principal photography they terminated the deal with bad hat harry productions um, with the studio, like they're not yeah. working with this, him, his company anymore. And yeah, Dexter Fletcher came on to uh, finish shooting those last couple of weeks. And interestingly, Dexter Fletcher, um, you know, he hasn't directed much. He's mostly, you know, been an actor for a long, long time. But he did direct Eddie the Eagle uh, with uh, Taron like Egerton and and yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, uh, and Sunshine on Leith uh, with um, you know, which was uh, another good one. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I never saw Wild Bill, uh, but that was his third. Um, so it, it should be interesting. I think he has an interesting sensibility. And so um, I'm super curious. This is one of those films that could be either really great on, hanging on the uh, off the shoulders of Rami Malek and his performance of Freddie Mercury, or it could be just a hot mess, not able to get over all the, the politics and studio blunders and, and personalities involved. I, I hope it's the yeah. former. I hope so, too, because I, I really enjoy their music, and seeing this story would be a pretty interesting one to look at. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's my trailer, and it's coming It's coming uh, in November, November 2nd, 2018, in the U.S., uh, and it uh, looks like it starts its rollout in the U.K. October 24th, appropriately, and it'll roll out over the course of November and December around the world. So Bohemian Rhapsody. Can't wait. Fantastic. Mamma mia. Well, I am going with Spike Lee's new joint, Black Klansman, which is kind of just like one big word with a KKK in the middle. Black Klansman <laughs> is, I think, how you say it. Black Klansman. Uh, this is what was what I found so interesting about this. Um, uh, but it's it's a really interesting story. First of all, it takes place in the seventies. And it is about an African-American detective, uh, Ron Stallworth, who moves to Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado, a place we're familiar with. And, and he ends up infiltrating uh, – and he becomes a police officer and infiltrates the local uh, KKK and becomes the head of the chapter um, with the help of uh, another detective, Adam, played by Adam Driver. Um, and it just – you know, I think my – my impression of this trailer is it was like Spike Lee doing something that felt like a Spike Lee joint. It really feels like the type of story he would love to dig his teeth into, while at the same time feeling very Coen Brothers-esque. And that blend of this this kind of kind of dark comedy in this detective story 
um, just looked brilliant and got me super excited. So, um, plus I love seeing these people in it, you know, Topher Grace playing David Duke, the head of the KKK, uh, <laughs> just cracks me up to no end. Uh, and, and John David Washington, I think though, um, I think he's the one who sells, sells everything for me in this trailer. Um, you know, he's an actor who's been in some things I think probably most notably it's his role in ballers. Um, but, Really, it's like the the phone conversation he has when he first calls the local KKK office and puts on his white man voice and has it's that conversation stunning. with him. It was brilliant. That to me, I'm like, I am so right there with this movie. So um, yeah, I, I'm super, super excited about this one. And I can't say that very often about Spike Lee because so often um, I feel he's, he's making films that don't interest me or he's being um, – too uh, too forceful of a director, and sometimes I I just you know I I just am not that interested in what he's doing. Um, sometimes I am, like when he did Bamboozled, I really really liked that one. But there are times where it's just too much for me. Um, but man, this one it looks just totally right up my alley. What'd you think? Oh uh, well, I'm I'm very excited about it. I do you remember the the story? I as never a, have heard of the story before. Never. So I was I was very young. Uh, when this happened. And in fact, since I, I wasn't born there, uh, but was raised there, I mean, we moved to Colorado Springs uh, in the in the late 70s. And so like, it, but but I can tell you that David Duke's name was very fresh in, in Colorado Springs. And we moved to Colorado Springs, like this is where we yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> like right, right at yeah. the time, and uh, and my dad was uh, uh, you know he was in in journalism and worked for a television a couple of television stations one right after the other and so David Duke was a frequent name around our house and so you know when I heard this movie was coming, um, you know we started talking about it just around the family of of our connection to uh, Stallworth and to the Colorado Springs Police Department and to my dad used to do this documentary called Of Service and Valor about the Colorado Springs Police and that it always comes back to this crazy story uh about ron stallworth and and his efforts to infiltrate the ku klux klan and so i don't remember the details i was so young but i'm very excited about that whole colorado springs connection and I, i'm super excited to see just how uh you know how 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 great they treat or, or how ridiculously they treat uh my uh adopted hometown uh, i can't so. wait it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. This this film just premiered at uh, the Cannes Film Festival, and it looks like it's opening here in the U.S. August 10th, and it'll kind of have a slow out, a slow rollout from there uh, through the end of the year. Uh, so far, it's just France, Germany, the U.K., Netherlands, Sweden, and Russia. But uh, hopefully more places will get it so more people can see it. It's, it's frustrating a little bit uh, that it, it only just crests the six star rule on IMDb. It's at a six point five, yeah. so I'm slightly nervous. Well, it's only I also a, feel like you know what that's the con reviews. audience, and I yeah. feel like they're snobs. <laughs> 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 I say that with love. I say that with love. Not a whole lot of love, but some love. Some love. <laughs> a little bit of love. All right, Andy. Maybe some jealousy. I, I, there's probably some of that. <laughs> they are they're snobby, <laughs> but they're, they're in can. Yeah. And I'm so not. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, let's uh, let's do the list. Absolutely. So this week, uh, we are talking about uh, Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's space epic, which uh, really kind of kicks off with a big environmental catastrophe happening on Earth, the giant dust bowl that's become a dust planet. And uh, really, it's kind of the story about how Earth becomes uh, um, uh, Jakku, I believe, right? 
Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that what it is? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Right. Uh, so, it's, a, um, it's a whole, it, there's a Venn diagram of cinematic universes that are crossing and we're right in the middle And, and of it. somehow in the time travel series, it all makes sense because technically Jack Who is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but really it's right here. But it's also in your library, in your bedroom. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, yeah. because of that, we threw uh, the list out to the folks over uh, all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. The list options as environmental catastrophe, Mean Matt Damon, which, you know, I don't know. I feel a little upset that we don't get to talk about <laughs> Mean Matt Damon Me tonight. too. But, uh, but they didn't pick that, or, nor did they pick daddy issues. It's environmental <laughs> catastrophe. So here we are uh, doing our lists of environmental catastrophe catastrophe movies. And uh, since I introduced it, I'll let you kick it off. Oh, Andy, really? Are you sure you want to do that? I don't. I'll let but, you. Uh, but... no, I, you. Do it. <laughs> uh, I, oh, Andy, I intentionally and enthusiastically went to the bottom of my personal barrel on these movies. And I think you know... I truck in bad environmental disaster movies. I mean, if there is if there's uh, uh, the world falling apart or uh, crazy giant uh, sharks, those are the those are really kind of the, those kind of hit my sweet spot for I, I don't know why. So I'm going to start with a movie that I saw at an age where I had I seen it any older, I would have been angry. But when I saw it, I wasn't angry. I think I was confused, and over the years I became angry. So that's why I, I start with this as my number three, and that is, of course, old 2 by 4 in Waterworld. Uh, he's, uh, he plays a, a boat-bound, uh, uh, I don't know, paladin in a future at, <laughs> after, after the, the poles have melted, and uh, he has to go up against... Uh, our man, uh, what's his name? Dennis, uh, Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. And drink his own pee. And that <laughs> just <laughs> slayed me when I saw that. I was like, this is no future I want a part of. I hate this movie. I don't care. All the production stuff, losing all the reels of film, sliding off the boat. Like, it's just comedy of errors. But when Kevin Costner drank his own pee, I was like, screw this. <laughs> but I just, I honestly, I loved the whole concept of riding around in boats and boat jousting and floating, you know, islands of machines and brigands. I, I was, at the time, I was all in on this movie. Uh, and so we're gonna set the bar at Waterworld, and we're gonna we're gonna go down from there. I will say I had fun with Waterworld, and the thing that has always stuck with me is Dennis Hopper when I don't know somebody must must be giving him a sob story. I really can't remember the context, but he just goes, <laughs> "Well, golly gee, a solid solitary tear rolls down my cheek or something." <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that was oh, Dennis Hopper at his best. Andy. Yeah. Well, for my first yeah. one, I'm going a little more serious. I am looking at a film that I just saw fairly recently, but it really, I found uh, quite enjoyable. Um, it's not the greatest film, but it, they did it really well. And it is the Norwegian catastrophe film, The Wave, directed by Roar Uthaug. I don't know if I'm saying that right at all, uh, who just did uh, the new Tomb Raider movie. Oh, this yeah. is this is a really kind of a neat movie about this uh, little town nestled uh, in this uh, I don't know, kind of uh, kind of a fjord. It's at the base of a fjord, basically, um, in Norway. And this uh, this guy, um, he's a, a geologist, and it's his like last day of of work or something. 
before he leaves. And but the the monitoring station is sensing something strange, and he's not sure what it is. And so, uh, but basically, what it is is um, there's something that's happened, and the uh, the whole side of the mountain on the fjord like slides off into the into the water right here, and it's a really narrow stretch of water. You know how these fjords are. It's like big mountains on either side of a, a narrow stretch of water. And what happens is this mountain crashes into it and it creates this enormous tidal wave. And the people in town don't have enough warning and they're trying to run out of, out of there. And it's it's one of the most impressive wave scenes that I've seen. It, when it hits the town, it's just devastating. And it's done so uh, horrifyingly. It's just, it's beautiful to watch in all of its horror. Um, but then you really stick with this family as he tries to find his, um, find the, the, the his family, his wife and his son, who were somewhere down at her hotel, and it's this uh, kind of this you know mad chase to see if they're alive. Just really exciting stuff. So uh, that is my first pick, Roar Uthaug's uh, 2015 movie, The Wave. I can't believe I've never uh, seen that movie. Oh, it check seems it like out. It's right up my alley. And totally according to you, it's actually a good movie. It is. It is. So I don't know if it's going to fit in the wheelhouse of what you like to get out of your uh, environmental catastrophe movies, but it's probably not. Watching. Probably not. But still, yes. uh, it, yeah, well, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a no shot. No Dennis Hopper. See if we survive. <laughs> uh, my second pick, this is a movie that uh, it it skirts the the things that I, I really like about this movie and still managed to make me just really uh, rage, rage uh, at at its at its story. I was going to say the dying of the light and and go all poetic, but this movie doesn't deserve <laughs> it. Uh, what's interesting about it is the cast. I'm talking about the day after tomorrow. This is the story of Dennis Quaid. His character Jack Hall is uh, he is um, he, he, turns out he has a theory and he's proven wrong. I'm I I don't even remember the whole detail, but I remember it got really <laughs> cold really fast. And our man Jake Gyllenhaal uh, and uh, Emmy Rossum and uh, the the kids of New York end up uh, stuck in the in the public library as they literally run from the cold. And the walls are freezing around them, and they're sprinting down the hall trying to get to the fire, running from the cold. Meanwhile, Dennis Quaid and his buddy Dash Mehook are are uh, uh, actually snowshoeing up the eastern <laughs> eastern seaboard <laughs> in this terrifying maniacal storm. They made a snowstorm sentient, Andy. That I think is the problem that I had with this movie. It was it, it was ridiculous and yet still a movie that I would watch if it were just on. I would still watch it even though I'm enraged by it. I would totally watch this movie again too. Right? <laughs> it's, it's it's bad, but it's it is so, really fun. It's, it's Roland so Emmerich fun, and it's yeah. uh, you know watching Dennis. I mean, it, plus they he always casts his movies well, so even when they're terrible, it's just enjoyable watching them because Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal, come on, they're great to yeah. watch, and they, they watching them working to come together uh, is everything. And I think my favorite moment in the film, though is um, this cold is coming and you have all these Americans fleeing to get across the border into Mexico. Which <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, just thought that I know, was it's so good. It's very timely. From the film. Yeah. Yes. He's no, a, a paleo What would they do if there was a wall, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> they freeze against it. It's just a pile of frozen people. Uh, Paleoclimatologist. That's what he played. That's one of the things about, I think, about Roland Emmerich is, is the his science stars are all the fantastic mashups of other fields. I want to know how many young kids are watching this going, I want to be a paleo <laughs> climatologist too. Yes. Where can I go yes. to college for that? Is there a program in Maine 
on an <laughs> island, maybe? Okay. Oh, so that's my second one, Day After Tomorrow, 2004. Excellent. Uh, for my second one, I am going with uh, the disaster film The Impossible from 2012, directed by uh, J.A. Bayona, uh, which is a story about a Spanish family, uh, Maria Bellon and her family in the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami that was just absolutely horrifying and devastating. Very, very much a, a true story. Um, I, there is some uh, people who complained about the casting of uh, Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor and Tom Holland, and uh, you know this was a this you know this story that took place in uh, uh, over overseas in you know in the Indian Ocean, and and here we are you know doing a a, a film with a bunch of white people instead of uh, people uh, you know who actually might have been more uh, devastated by this thing. That being said, I found this story so powerful and just so intense watching the struggles that this family goes through um, after this this tsunami hits and watching them as they're they're trying to find each other in in this devastated Thailand um, it was um, just an incredible incredible film and it hit me in all the right ways um, watching Naomi Watts uh, struggling in her struggles um, uh, where where she ended up, um, and then Ewan McGregor, and I think she ends up with one son, and Ewan McGregor ends up with, with the, the other, other two. Yeah, right. Um, and just watching them trying to find each other. I mean, it's just an incredibly powerful story. And um, yeah, it just it's it's a really strong one. Some people I think uh, found it a little too maudlin, but for me, it did all the right things and uh, very strong story. Um, and uh, even though it is kind of a whitewashed version of this devastation, I found it. Um, incredibly powerful just on the human side. And you still get a lot of the the, the people uh, from Thailand and the devastation that they went through. So that's my second choice. Oh, man. This movie sucked to watch. Uh, but it, for one. all the right reasons, it was it, yeah. it was hard to watch. And, and I think, you know, watching things like the, you know, Kilauea exploding right now and thinking about families uh, who are, are thinking about just sort of watching devastation that could come, uh, I, I think about this. It's, uh, these movies have hit me much harder since I had a family yeah. of young kids. And uh, this, this one in particular, whew, strong. Uh, my next one isn't. Uh, not even a little bit strong. Uh, this is the one, and I, this is the one I've seen the most recently. Uh, in fact, it was just last year. And I don't know if you remember, I was enraged by this movie because this movie did uh, took didn't actually have any of the fun things uh, that I I like about these destructive movies, uh, apart from the uh, you know special effects, things falling down, uh, buildings falling into other buildings, those sorts of things. So it was a little bit charming. But my God, did Dean Devlin screw up Geostorm. <laughs> this, I, I was so enraged. And he had the usual uh, catch. Gerard Butler, Ed Harris was in it. A- Andy Garcia was the, the president. Uh, Abby Cornish, Jim Sturgis. Uh, the relationship between Butler and Sturgis as brothers in this movie was wholly unbelievable and stupid. Uh, the whole space station that can shoot little pods into the atmosphere and control the weather uh, is, as a sci-fi concept, really so promising. But my God, Gerard Butler, what happened to you, man? Like, this is not your. This is not your genre. Weirdly, like it. It feels like it should be. It feels like you've been on a train since three hundred to end up in this movie, and it should have been great, and it just was not. It was not great. It made me mad, and I felt betrayed, and uh, I just wanted it to rain. 
like to cleanse me. <laughs> I needed a cleansing rain after this movie, Geostorm. It was so terrible. Oh, uh, that's so. Bad. All the destruction, all the natural disaster, and none of the redemption of the good kind of bad. I would watch Sharknado first. Sharknado 5. There you go. Yeah. Which I guess could be an environmental you didn't disaster even, of its own. You, did, <laughs> you didn't see this? I didn't. No, I didn't even bother wanting. I, why watch something like that? It looked terrible. Oh, I saw it. Biggest screen I could find. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> Well, for my final pick, I am also going with a recent film from last year, um, a film that really hit me hard, hit me. Uh, it's a close to home story. It is Joseph Kaczynski's uh, film based on the Granite Mountain Hot Shots, uh, Only the Brave, which came out uh, yeah, just last year. Uh, fantastic cast, uh, Josh Brolin, Miles Teller, Jeff Bridges, uh, Taylor Kitsch, James Badge Dale, Jennifer Connelly. Just a, a great group of people um, telling this story about the uh, this fire crew up in uh, Prescott, Arizona, who um, um, it, it, what's great about the film is it's it's more than just about the devastating fire um, that at Granite Mountain that took their lives. It really is a much broader story about this group of firefighters. And you really get to know them and you get to see kind of the struggles they grow, go through in their lives and really learn what it is to become a team like this. And it's just it makes for such a powerful film because you really get to know this team and you really feel like you're a part of this team. And, and then to have this devastating um, thing happen at the end of the film, um, it, it hits really hard. And um, I found it to be an incredibly, incredibly powerful story. And it really shocked me that it got such little notice when it came time for uh, awards and all that, or even the box office. That's another thing. Like, it hardly did a dent in the box office. I think the production budget was $38 million. Worldwide gross was $23 million. Uh, it just – I don't know what happened, but people just didn't seem interested in this story. But it, it's uh, – I found it to be incredibly powerful, incredibly honest, and uh, definitely something that I think people need to watch. This is one of those movies that came out, and I remember being super interested in it. I'm sure you and I talked about it, and then I immediately forgot about it, and I haven't thought about it since. Uh, so yeah. I need to get this on the list. Do you know if it's streaming yet? I mean, is it? I'm sure it's out. Uh, yeah, I think it uh, came out uh, back in February, so uh, yeah, it's it's floating around out there. Well, I need to add it to the list because it sounds like a movie I would like. That's the it's, truth. It is. It's a, it's a tough one to watch, but it's definitely one that people need to see. All right. Well, I'll do it. But and and that I think does it. That does it for our uh, does it for our list of environmental disasters. I think you took the high road. I definitely took the low road. Uh, and out of the six <laughs> movies that we wrong picked, with that. there's only one that I recommend you only watch if you're ready to get super super angry. Uh, <laughs> and there you go. Good list. Fantastic. Now, I am surprised that none neither of us picked the happening. Uh, I, it was close on my list because I don't think I have a very high opinion of that movie, um, because the whole plants talking to one another and conspiring against us, I'm not, not great. I didn't think that. that had anything to do with plants, did it? Wasn't that just the wind? Like the wind was killing no, people? I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, so I can't speak. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. No, there's a plant sub subplot. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and 2012 was also a, 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 on my list. Equally bad, because you know what? The Mayans weren't right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they screwed so, that one up. Yeah, uh, but any any others uh, on your list that you were worried I might steal? 
The only other one that I was thinking about putting up there was the birds, which, uh, you know, I was like, it's kind of an environmental catastrophe. Yeah, too good. But, you too know, good. If all, yeah, I, I knew you wouldn't be stealing it. No, but. no, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? What are we doing this week? Uh, what's next? I think we are putting our, our uh, a list up for the uh, folks over on uh, all of our Patreon supporters over on Discord here soon. Uh, and I believe we're talking what, – what did we decide? Uh, this is going to be about predestination. I don't remember. Did we actually talk about it? And we did. We, we picked our plan? list. We put it out at the end of the, the last episode. Oh, we sure did. Um we did uh, unnamed protagonists. We did uh, Ethan Hawke, the busiest man in Hollywood, the busiest man in Hollywood. Yeah, and then we also did base, movies based on short stories. So Ethan Hawke movies with unnamed principal characters and based on short stories. Okay, let's get it up there. I, I'm excited to see what people come up with. I I feel like uh, Ethan Hawke is is pretty easy. I, I think so. Maybe not quite as prolific as Nicolas Cage, but still, or as limiting as mean Matt Damon. Exactly. Exactly. He's the gold. He's the Goldilocks actor. He's the Goldie. He's the sweet spot. Ethan Hawke is the center <laughs> of all acting. This actor, you, you thought it was Kevin Bacon, but you'd be a chump. Uh good, good old Kevin Bacon. He used to be. He used to be so Kevin Bacony. But he did not anymore. Nope, he's not anymore. Brooding and serious. Uh, <laughs> this has been uh, uh, awesome, chat, Andy. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope your uh, I hope your weekend is is better and your shoot is allows you to be to relax at some point. Well, I'll be camping all weekend, so I will find relaxation there in the mountains. Outstanding! Yes. Uh, I, this is uh, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters uh, at patreon.com slash the next reel. We sure appreciate you uh, you helping us to do what we do with this show. Uh, and uh, I, I guess until next week. We don't have any specials coming up next week, but we do have Predestination coming up on Thursday, so uh, watch those feeds. This is definitely one of my favorites of the whole time travel series that we're doing. Predestination. Woof. Good movie. I think it's a fantastic one to talk about, so looking forward to it. Outstanding. Thanks, Andy. Catch you later. See ya. You know what I got the other day, Pete? Stephen King's latest. Want to borrow it? Do you know who you're talking to? What do you mean? Andy, when's the last time I read a paper book? It's been decades. I would much rather use Kindle, or better yet, Audible. What am I thinking? I don't read paper books anymore either. I'm an audiobook guy all the way. For those of you looking to listen to the books behind the films we discussed on the Next Reel's family of podcasts, get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at thenextreel.com slash audible. There are so many great adaptations from these podcasts available in audio form. Stephen JJ talked about a lot of great ones like Odd Thomas. Isn't that series a favorite of yours? Ah, I love me some Dean Koontz. They also covered The Two Faces of January based on Patricia Highsmith's novel. I bet the book is far better than that movie. Oof. How about The Futurological Congress by Stanislaw Lem? That was the source for that quirky Robin Wright movie, The Congress. Crazy book. Definitely worth checking out. They also covered Lean on Pete, Leave No Trace, Aniara, Papillon, The Goldfinch, The Yellow Birds, and If Beale Street Could Talk. So many great adaptations covered in so many great conversations, not just on Trailer Rewind, but all of the Next Reels family of podcasts. And you can get all of these as audiobooks on Audible, along with thousands of other great reads. Producing these podcasts is a lot of fun, but takes a lot of time. So, we're directly appealing to you, our dear listener. Please consider an Audible subscription to help support the Next Reels family of podcasts. I've been using Audible along with my family for decades now. I love it, and I've read hundreds of books through it. Couldn't be more pleased with their service, and I know you'll love it too. 
Head to thenextreel.com slash audible and get your free trial. It really helps us out. And you have a world of over 200,000 audiobooks open to you. So much great material available. Dive in with a free trial and get your first free audiobook at thenextreel.com slash audible. Start listening to amazing audiobooks of your favorite movie source material with your first free audiobook today. That's thenextreel.com slash audible. Thank you.